I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over the Friday slate. We have a, I mean, just a load of six over-unders, one six and a half, um, and a pretty large slate. Uh, I, I was kind of thinking the other day, like, why are all these slates so big? And then I remembered the Olympic break is giving us much bigger uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday slates, and we're going to take advantage of it, hopefully with some really good bets. So I'm really excited. Um, one thing that I have not been doing is mentioning that if you only listen to this show and not my other podcast, um, you're missing out on four days a week of DJ. And like, how could you possibly pass that up for free? So I also do the Morning Skate podcast and there's two Morning Skate podcasts. So make sure the right one. I always retweet it on my Twitter at DJ underscore Mitchell 94 or Morning Skate pod. It's a kind of a circle logo, um, black with MS in the middle. It's uh, all basically based off DraftKings, DFS, but we talk a lot about the plays that we really like, players in new positions. A lot of what I do here, just not quite as focused on the props in general, more of a general overview. But if you're into that stuff, definitely check that out. So we're going to get into this slate. We have, what is it, seven games, um, a lot of sixes, a seven, uh, six and a half, and two five and a halves. So Let's get right into it. We start with the Rangers at the Sabres. This is a white hot Friday in Buffalo, meaning that they're going to wear their white jerseys, which is definitely their best. Um, and they are plus money at home against the Rangers. Now the Rangers have been really good. They're, uh, you know, I, I talk, I, sometimes I feel like I've been a little bit lower on the Rangers than maybe it, it might sound in different podcasts. They're a good team and they have relied on goaltending at times to get them the win. And when Jesterkin's in net, it's worked. Shesterkin's out. They found a way to get it done until they call up some guy I'd never heard of, and he gets absolutely shelled by Colorado. He got sent back down to the AHL. They called up Keith Kincaid. That experiment did not go as planned, so it's probably going to be either Kincaid or um, I could, I'm expecting George have to be back in net. I would be pretty shocked if not. So with all that being said, you know it, it does still feel like the Rangers are the better team here. The Sabres' biggest problem has been goaltending themselves. They have had multiple nights where they score four or five goals and they give up a touchdown. So it's one of those things where I always say, almost every time the Sabres are on the slate, A, I don't bet it because I'm a huge Sabres fan. Grew up a Sabres fan. I've been sad for a long, long time. I will not bet that. But I also, on the, on the other side of this, will always take the under when I feel confident in the Sabres goaltending. And when Dell's in net, that's 0% of the time. If Aaron Dell's in net, I will definitely, definitely not have the under. I will almost always have the over because he is probably the worst goalie in the NHL. So that is really off the cuff where I'm going to go with this game. If Ukopeka Lukanen's in net, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's great. He's kind of honestly like the project, the trajectory feels more like Jordan Bennington than anything else where it's a question mark. And sometimes he looks world beating and can make any save in the world. And other times he's an AHL liability. So I don't really know what to expect from him. The Rangers are a good team. They find offense through two lines. They get it done. So I like the Rangers here just fine. Um, I don't know if I would particularly say it's a strong bet because Georgiev has been pretty suspect on, in his own right. So, yeah, I, I guess what I'm overall getting at is the goaltending's bad in this game. The over is fine at six. I'm not going to bet it. I'm also not going to pick the Sabres or the Rangers. If I gun to my head, I'd take the Rangers 10 times out of 10 because I don't trust the Sabres goaltending even more than the Rangers. I do think this game has some decent DFS goodness. Now, is it my favorite pace projection game of the night? Absolutely not. The Sabres have been pretty abysmal with every line except for their top line. 
and the Rangers have been okay at shutting down teams. Their Corsi index is a little bit lower than I expected, um, but they've always kind of been a high event team. So I'm not super bullish on that being a great indicator. Um, over the last 10 is always sort of, you get these outlier uh, events, you know, a team that scores three in the first period and they sit on their, you know, their heels and they play three games in a week or whatever. Um, all that being said, I think this game is an okay pace, okay over potential. It's cheap on DFS. That's the main point in this game. I think if you're playing, you know, three Rangers, four Rangers, that's totally fine here. You can definitely afford it. You're going to probably come at the detriment of not playing Colorado, playing a Detroit team on a back-to-back, but or and not getting a ton of Florida. But I do think you can find other avenues to make things work here. So the Rangers played Colorado. They got, you know, they gave up a touchdown. They scored a field goal, 7-3 loss. They ran Panarin, Strom, and Hunt, Lafreniere, Heedle, and uh, Guthier, and then Zabinajek, Kreider, Kako. Pretty normal for them. I doubt they change it much, but I really would just stack to the first power play. Um, you know, Panarin, Zabinajad, and Fox is totally fine here. Even though it doesn't correlate five on five, it's a bit unique. It's a you know, seven game slate, it's doable. Not that much interest in the Sabres. They got shut out against the Ducks. And I think that's really indicative of what to expect from them. Um, Cousins had 22 minutes, which is interesting. He got bumped up to the top power play with uh, Casey Middlestad going down. So I think there's some punt options here. And I do think some sharper DFS players might get in on the Sabres at incredibly low ownership. But you're probably not going to catch me doing that. I don't know if I'm uh, quite as sharp as them. They feel like more of an MME type of build um, where you can kind of put them in against the Rangers team on the road. But I'm not super bullish. I don't know if there's any shot prop individually that I would be also like super in on. Paige Thompson has been uh, a staple of a lot of different, um, you know, people's props. And I still think it's there. His shot rates have been super duper good. Definitely the best on the Sabres. And he puts a six up against Anaheim last time out. If they're losing, he'll continue to shoot. So I think Paige is the safest. And on the Rangers side, all their lines have just been not that great for, for my liking. Um, Panarin was hovering around even money for a while. He went over a bunch in a row. They bumped him way up. I'm not getting back to it. I don't really trust a lot of their depth players at all. So I'm not going to get there with any of them. I think that, you know, Panarin's probably been the safer play. He's really been a better rate shooter. Um, Troop has also been an amazing rate shooter, but finding his prop is super hard. And I spent enough time on this game. So we'll move over to a game that I think is probably one of my favorites of the night. I think uh, Pittsburgh at Washington is going to be a ton of fun. I really like the Washington side here. Minus 135. They're without... I'm predecessed by saying Pittsburgh seems to find a way to win games all the freaking time, no matter what, but they're going to be without Gensel. They're almost definitely going to be without Russ. They're going to be without Malkin. They're going to be potentially without Zucker, but it sounds like Zucker's going to play. He just missed two practices and they said he's fine. Um, That is going to drastically hurt what they're going to be able to do. I I don't think that's a shocker to anyone. Um, They ran lines of oh my heavens where there it is um with crosby was with rodriguez and kapanen o'connor carter and heinen aston reese bluger mcginn simone boyle and lafferty and like i said i think zuber will bump back in the first power play which might be the most interest the player to come in for gensel was simone so it was carter crosby rodriguez Latang, and simone now i think if you're playing this pittsburgh side at all you're probably just going to take Carter um, and, and put him potentially with Zucker. I think it's probably the way I just go about it. Um, I don't have a lot of time for anything else. I think Rodriguez is going to be a decent play. He's kind of gotten priced up enough to where I don't know if he's a great, 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 great option, but he's fine. He should see a lot of, a lot of shot opportunity. 
you know, he had kind of the dud against Seattle other than the two assists, but he only had one shot. So people might get off of it. I'm okay with it, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to get down to the minimum salary, Dominic Simone, just because the ice time has just not been there no matter what. Um, he has not hit over 10 minutes since like the first game of the season. It's real thin, but he's on the first power play. And maybe, you know, they, if they're trailing, they just get him a little more run because he's a pretty offensive minded forward. The Pittsburgh side, like I said, not in love with it. It's really hard to figure out. I think that there's going to be a lot of bouncing around to get the top guys out there. Like Carter's going to see over 20 minutes. Crosby's going to see over 20 minutes. And Erod will see over 20 minutes. So under 5K, he's fine. I think his shot props are a little more interesting if you can find it at a two or a two and a half, which is more than likely what it's going to be. Um, I think Carter's shot prop is really, really strong. Um, he's only 4,900. That's why I like it so much. He's a really, really good value for a guy that's going to see around 20 minutes. He's going to see a, a great opportunity for five shots on net. He scores two against Seattle. So, you know, people might get back on it, but at 4,900, it just seems like a really nice value that I, I you know, I think the Washington side can still give up a good amount of Corsi against, you know, kind of looking at what I'm seeing here. Pittsburgh does project to push the pace real uh, pretty nicely. So I do think that's going to continue on the Washington side. The only news that we're going to have to wait for is there is no confirmation for sure on Kuznetsov, who had, I mean, I, I he practiced with the team, and then they came out and said that there is potential that he's, there's an issue. I don't know. I'm expecting him to play. But Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson, I think is a really nice stack. It should be power play correlated, but I, we can't be certain because they didn't run power plays, but I expect it to be. Um, Carlson is just a good addition in, into that four-man. I think that four-man is going to be, only a bit overlooked because of Colorado being on this slate and then being so good. But Kuznetsov day to day, you know, if he does miss, that might bump in protests again into the top line. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I do like that stack a lot. I think Ovechkin is going to be a staple in my lineups. Um, he seems to always perform against Pittsburgh. You know, I don't love those narratives too much, even though I always tweet about him. But I do think there's, you know, something to Ovechkin just continuing to dominate that I love. Um, I'm probably be playing him quite a bit. His shot props are always really tough to, to pick out. Um, I probably just won't have anything on the Washington side because I just they they never seem to give give me what I want. So I like the Washington side a lot. I think that money line is really strong. At home, minus 135. That seems pretty nice. And I do like the over, okay. Um, just because I think Pittsburgh could give up enough. I think it, you know, a four-three, you know, five-three game is in order here. So we'll get over to Nashville on a back-to-back against New Jersey. It's a six over under. I like the under. I, I don't, I think this is going to get to a five and a half. I'd be pretty shocked if it stayed here. Um, Nashville's pushed the pace. Okay. New Jersey has really tried to limit the pace. They shut the flyers. I mean, they shut them out, but they also only gave them 25 shots against and the flyers have been victim of that a few times. I just don't really think Nashville has enough offensively to, you know, get it done here. The money line is plus a hundred for New Jersey at home. I go back to it here. I mean, they just shut out a, a bad Flyers team, but I don't really think Nashville's all that great themselves. Um, they're pretty one-dimensional with that one line. And after that, it's like, are you going to keep betting on Tolvanen to score? I mean, he has two go- two in a row before um, Thursday night, which is, hasn't happened yet. I'm recording right now. They're just actually just about to drop the puck on that game. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty out on uh, Nashville here, back to back. You give me plus money at a home team against a back to back Nashville team that I'm not in love with. Sure, I'm going to take that all day. Um, the under under six seems easy. I don't know if there's any props that I'm overly bullish on. I very, very stupidly bet Heeshier because I guess I'm a flopping fish. 
I thought that he was going to start shooting a little bit more. Um, I liked Brett to, to shoot as well. I had that stack in, in my, um, uh, my main lineup uh, with Hamilton and yeah, New Jersey, um, once they got up, they kind of just sat on the lead. So that, that'll happen. And, you know, go in this game here, like I, I, there's really not one player on New Jersey. I trust to shoot the puck consistently other than maybe Jesper Brett and at two and a half, it just seems kind of weak. Um, he's fine because I think that, you know, Kishier is a distributor. His goal was literally Brett cross ice to Heeshear for a chance back door. Heeshear is like, no, thank you. I'm full. Passes it right back. I'm, I don't know why. I don't know. It's like he knew I had his shot props. So he's like, I, I definitely can't shoot this puck. Um, but irregardless, I do think that um, the devil side is pretty strong here. Um, Blackwood looks really good in net, and I think Berengue is just fine. So, yeah, I, I, I think that that game is really nice devil's bet with plus money. So we can move over to Detroit at Colorado. The biggest favorite of the night, shockingly, when I saw it, was Colorado minus 320 at home against Detroit. Now, we don't know on uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. He's not in um, on, well, actually, I, I don't know quite yet. It, it, 10 days was the minimum. I, I did a lot of research on this, and there really was no precedent for this because he's the only unvaccinated player. So we don't know for sure if there's like an additional rule in the CBA that hasn't been leaked. The news article I read said 10 days was the minimum he'd be out for. It's been 10 days. It's been the five games that they predicted. And it doesn't look like he's in um, tonight against St. Louis. So they're on a road back-to-back against Colorado. It's obviously parlay fodder, but you can take Colorado here. The only caveat I'd say, and the only reason I'd consider Detroit, which I'm not considering, but if you could, is because Colorado's goaltending has been so incredibly bad that I think there's some avenue to think that Detroit could luck into a couple goals. And if, you know, Nadelkovic, or I think it'd be Nadelkovic, and that could, could just shut him down. But I'm not going to take it personally. I think that some people might find plus 250 a bit enticing, but on a back-to-back, it just kills it for me. I, I can't quite do it. Um, if Bertuzzi's in, maybe I'll look at it again because I do think he makes a bit of a difference and it gives that top line that edge it needs. Uh, no offense to Robbie Fabry, but I'm not really interested in much on Detroit. I just don't, like they only had like, they played natural. They had like 12 shots in the first two periods and they barely got to over 20. Um in a, in a like what was it five two loss or whatever it was I, I don't even have their game up because I'm just not interested in Detroit I don't have any interest in any of their props Larkin came down a bit um to a, a, I think it was like minus 115 or 120 for two and a half and I just don't trust him right now to shoot I think if he gets Bertuzzi back it just helps that line actually have some avenue of creating offense but right now it's just not getting there so no real interest on the Colorado side they threw a massive curveball onto the Tuesday slate or Wednesday slate they went with Kadri, Rantanen, and Yertushkin, McKinnon, Landis Gog, and O'Connor. I tried to be sharp and faded O'Connor because I thought everyone was going to be in on it and the minutes wouldn't be there. Um, five on five minutes weren't there. He had a lot of penalty kill time. He got the 17. He had two goals. Yeah, it smashed. I mean, I missed it. I missed money because of it. What are you going to do? I think they probably go back to it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do quite yet. Um the power play with Kadri and Rantanen seems pretty strong. They really clicked. They had uh, combined, what, three goals between the two of them. I think Yertushkin is just a really sound player, especially defensively. So whatever, you know, I think they'll probably use that line against the Larkin line, which is really why I'm off of Larkin, um, which, again, could open the door for McKinnon and Landeskog. So whatever you want to do here, I think it's fine with Colorado, but it's going to come at quite a cost on DraftKings. Um, you know, Kale McCarr is at 7,400. Rantanen 
84. Landis Gog, 69. Nice. And 92 for McKinnon. So it's really, really tough. And O'Connor gives you that savings you want at 2,800. But, man, it is just kind of thin without any power play time at all. It's fine. It's definitely fine if you're stacking it full. If you go like a four-man stack, I totally get it. But if you play Logan O'Connor solo, I, I feel like you're probably missing out on a lot of uh, EV positive type uh, play. If you yeah, this really makes sense, but you're missing out. I, I would not play him solo. I, I think it's just real thin. Um, so yeah, this game, uh, the over under is six and a half. I agree with it. You know, I think it's probably fine where it is. I just don't trust either goaltending side to be, be good enough to get it done. I do trust Colorado to, to be able to shut down the top lines, but if they're running out like Jonas Johansson or something, I just cannot put money on an under when he's in the game. Him and Aaron Dell, both were Sabres at one point. Aaron Dell's there now. Both of them are two of the worst goalies in the NHL. I promise you that. So do not, if, if you take the over, whatever. If you take the under, good luck. We can move over to Florida which is over today at Arizona. I mean, minus 275 seems like an easy, easy play on the road. Florida is one of the best teams in the league. Arizona is the worst team in the league. They will not be locked out of their arena uh, anytime soon. They did end up paying their tax bill that they uh, were paying. I, I don't know. I just wild stuff going on there. Gary Bettman said it's not an issue, but Arizona from uh, bad to worse at all times, they really can't really like, just can't lock out. They, they're, they're a very bad team. And not only can they not lock out on the ice um, with their, you know, organization being in shambles, you know, all, all of it, just really a fun, fun time there. But if I can find it, the, the lines that they ran were Verhege, Barkoff, and Duclair, which means that they're probably going to have to face Duclair again. So Florida even gets healthier going into this game and kind of back to what we're used to. So Verhege, Barkoff, Duclair, Huberto, Bennett, Reinhardt, Petrano, Lindell, Lundell, and Mammon. I mean, boy, how, how are you going to get this done here? Uh, Thornton and Tippett were the extras, expecting that to happen again. Yeah, um, I mean, you can go any way you want here. That's kind of the beauty of Florida on this slate. It's, it's just it's just fun. So it's just whatever you want to do. Um, if, you, if you like the Barkoff line, you're going to pay for the nose for it. Totally fine. I, I honestly would even consider Anton Lindell as like an option. I don't think it's a great option, but he's probably going to match up versus nobody's. I really, really like that second line. Um, I think it'll have decent power play correlation. Uh, they could all be on the same power play. That's kind of the way I look at it. If they keep the same units as last time, Barkov, Huberto, Bennett, you know, Reinhardt, I believe that's what it was. And when did they play last? Should have had this up. Oh, they, yeah, they, they, oh my God, did that St. Louis game. Oof, they should have won that one. Um, their top power play was Barkov, Bennett, Ekblad, Huberto, and Reinhardt. So I, I, like I said, if they keep that the same, you get a full power play correlation. It might get a little bit overlooked. It is expensive, but I am totally fine with it. That four-man stack is definitely going to make my lineups um, on DraftKings. And the, the one thing that has been real weird is Huberto shooting the puck. Um, he continues to shoot the puck. He had a five-shot on goal game. He's hit a shot prop every time since November 16th, I think even further, maybe I just only have like the last 10 games here just keeps hitting. It's getting priced kind of difficultly difficult to play because he could just revert back to himself, especially with these two on his line. He might end up being a distributor again. So do with that what you will. Bennett was a three and a half and got six, uh, six back-to-back nights. But I think that that line is going to have just a absolutely enormous shot total and i want to have it because they might end up going for four goals and they might win the whole slate and i'm gonna have it in my lineups guarantee 
any of those shot props are fine. Um, and even, you know, even the top, I mean, Barkov had three. If he was at two and a half, he hit. Like everyone hit because they had a million shots against St. Louis. I think they might put up more against Arizona. Who's to say? I have no interest in Arizona. I have no interest in any of their props. Um, I I felt like when I find it on certain sites where you can kind of just parlay picks for without the uh, built-in like plus minus, I've been taking the unders on their points for every player that I can find. Sometimes I'll fade if it's color and I think it's an okay spot. Um, but I get Phil Kessel at you know zero point five points. Put the under on it. That's that's always fun. Um, yeah, so that's about it for Arizona. I don't have any interest in playing them ever. Uh, the six over under is probably an under. I've been taking the under in Arizona quite a bit. They've, they, they've helped enough with the right, with like um, Vizmelka and that to hit the under enough for me to be happy with them um, in that right. And maybe teams just pity them enough to not score 100. It's on the road for Florida. It's a meaningless game where they're going to win. And teams have just been uninterested in playing Arizona because they're an AHL team. So, We'll move forward to Winnipeg at Vancouver. Vancouver goes out, you know, that seemed like they were trying to get back on track and they hired Jim Rutherford. So I guess you got to have like an 80 year old in, in your, um, in your team to, you know, not be good still. I don't know why they do that in a million years. Now, the things that we've seen change under new Bruce Boudreaux, Winnipeg Jets is they are giving the top guys the minutes. It's awesome. I love it. I think this is a good match for uh, Winnipeg here because I'd like, you know, what I'm going to get to here is why I think Winnipeg is a strong play on DraftKings more than anything else. And it really stems from how, how cheap they are. I mean, their most expensive forward is JT Miller at 5,300. Quinn Hughes is a great play at 5,300 himself. And they fit nicely with Florida. You can definitely, definitely, definitely make it work. So Vancouver. Goes out, they beat Boston in a shootout. They didn't quite get the goals that I expected, but the power play of uh, Besser, Horvat, Hughes, Miller, and Pearson is real solid. The other unit had Quinn Hughes run right with it. So if you like the other unit, that's fine. Just put Quinn Hughes with it. He's a defenseman there. I mean, Hamannick did get hurt, which he was supposed to be on that unit a little bit, but I think Quinn Hughes just runs the show. Pedersen, Colson, and Garland. And wouldn't you know it, that is a line stack, and Pearson, Miller, and Besser is a line stack. Either way, go right ahead. Have at it. Play both. No, I'm just kidding. Play one or the other with Florida or like um, even Colorado. Like it, it's so cheap. You can definitely get it done. So that's how I'm going to be building on DraftKings almost definitely, unless if there's huge slate breaking news. Um, Connor Garland, after that, I don't want to talk about it. That phantom 10, 10 minute misconduct came back out and hit his shot prop twice in a row. He's back. I said, just play it. it it's fun. He misses it one night and they, they give you better odds. Keep going with it. Um, Pod Colson is a guy that I, you know, I like as a as a to score prop because he's playing with um, Garland and Pedersen, and those guys are really really gifted offensively. Although Garland seems to be the rate shooter, Pedersen has been back to shooting a little bit more, even though he has three zeros in his last four games at, on net. It seems like he's going to get back to shooting at some point in time. I'm not touching the shot props till I see it. Horvat is a guy that I, you know, again, he's hit his shot prop one in the last six, probably not going to do it myself. Um, and he was out there again with Miller and Besser. No, incorrect. Hoglander and Dickinson, just not really the, the line that I'm going for. I do think that Miller, Besser and Pearson line is maybe gets a little bit of an edge um, just because I think more people might get down to the really cheap 
Pedersen, Garland, Pat Coles in mind. So in DFS, you know, I think it might end up being a little bit less owned. And I just love Besser here, 3,700. The shot should be there. Goals in back-to-back games. It's pretty sharp. Uh, Winnipeg's on a back-to-back. They're, you know, they're really, you're going to run the Shifley line or you're not going to play them, in my opinion. On DraftKings, the shot props, Connor is hit or miss. He's either shooting 18 shots or he's shooting two. And, and you play with that how you wish. This game sets up to be decent pace. Um, Winnipeg a little bit less than Vancouver as far as how they're going to try to attack and their expected goals numbers. Yeah, I'm not that interested in Winnipeg here. I honestly don't mind going right back and saying, you know what? You give me, you know, minus 120 Vancouver, I'm fine with it. I think it'd be right around even money. The five and a half, I, I, I'm fine with it being an under. I, I think that it's going to be right around that, like, you know, two to three game. Um, I'm playing Vancouver because I think that three of those goals will come from one line. Um, that's kind of how I'm going to angle that. Um, I don't over under is a coin flip. I think that I slightly like Vancouver playing a back-to-back team at home around even money. Final game of the night going a little longer. I'm sure who cares Philadelphia at Vegas. So Philadelphia is a dumpster fire. Um, they fired a bunch of people. They bring in Mike Hill. They get shut out. Uh, they look abysmal. Yeah. No interest in them. Um, we're getting Vegas at minus two twenty. Don't have a ton of interest there, but it's fine. I mean, it's it's a good bet at home. They they really are figuring it out. Uh, they got the they end up coming back and getting the win against Dallas. Shockingly, would have come from behind, win in the third. Um, Stone had two goals. Couldn't tell you the last time he did that. Pacioretty had one, so that stack really worked out nicely. It's probably correlated with uh, Theodore um, Bednoff and Stephenson. That whole line correlated. I think a lot of people will find themselves considering it. I like the under here though. I think it's a, uh, it's a nice, you know, home game for Vegas to kind of sit on it defensively. And I think that Philly just hasn't been able to generate enough offense to get it done. So I kind of don't love, love this game. I'll take patch ready shot prop every day at three and a half. He's just, he's shooting way too much to not hit it. Um, and I took Katerier's shot prop last time out against New Jersey. The only guy that seemed to, I think he's the only player that had three, maybe one of the defensemen did, but here, regardless, um, I'm, I'm okay with it again. They did move Giroux back up to his line with Konechny. So yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. I have no interest in Philly. They're just not good. Um, they also put therapy on IR. So he'll be out for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you to anything on Philly other than maybe Katerier, but with, Drew back there and connecting. Those are three decent rate shooters to where I don't know where it's going to come from. So I might not play it. That in theory should boost a guy like Atkinson who just disappeared. He had 17 minutes, but disappeared. Didn't quite get there. So I would rather just not take anything on Philadelphia and rest easier at night. Uh, it's the, the late hammer. Take Vegas, take the under and take patch ready and just move on. Um, I went probably way too long here. So I'll get Yana here at this point. Enjoy your Friday. Hopefully it's very profitable. If you have any more questions, concerns, I'm always answering everyone on Twitter at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. I post props pretty much every night. Um, we had a, I would say a perfect night on Wednesday, although I said McKinnon for first goal. And I mean, uh, you know, didn't quite score the first way scored the second is what it is. Um, so I'm always posting props, posting underdog stuff, uh, posting, podcast i never seem to stop talking about hockey um yeah that's pretty much it i also talk about music so if you like music that's also something i talk about quite frequently and uh yeah so definitely reach me out there check out the morning skate podcast and check out uh 
yeah, the oh, Discord. If you if you if you're actually if you're someone that likes to talk hockey even more with a community of people that continue to hit on DraftKings and FanDuel and Underdog every single night, it seems like you can definitely jump in our, our Motorscape Podcast Discord. Just DM me. It's very DFS focused. So if you're looking for just props and stuff, it might not be the best fit for you because a lot of people are just we talked about their line of construction. If you are someone that just wants more information, there's multiple people posting different statistical models that they're using. It's very transparent. No one is in there for anything but the community. It's everyone's welcome. So jump in if you like talking about DFS hockey. Um, but I'll let you go. Have a good Friday. Thank you for listening. 